The great thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules. You can do whatever you want to do. The challenge of being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules and you can do whatever you want to do. And the problem can be sometimes you don't know what to do. In fact, you may be making mistakes right now in your business and don't even know that you're making mistakes and you don't even know how they're hurting you. So here's what I did. I went and made a list of the 13 most common mistakes I see in entrepreneurs every single day, and I'm going to share them with you and how to fix them completely for free. All you had to do is go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com. Put your email address in on that page, and I'm going to share with you the top 13 mistakes entrepreneurs make, why they make them, and how to fix them all in one place. Just go to workonmygame.com. I will tell you how to fix the biggest mistakes you may be making in your business right now and are not even aware that you're making them. And we're going to fix them all in the same spot. And this will take you less than 40 minutes. Go to workonmygame.com right now and let's fix the problems that you may not even know that you have. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get text by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. They got to prove to themselves that all this investment they put into their education was worth it. So when they come across someone like you who didn't make that investment, they got to show that their investment makes them better than you because you ain't making the investment. You are just a proxy for their ego and insecurity. All right, it ain't about you. So don't take it personal. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. You gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Are you tired of feeling like a human science experiment with that cabinet full of supplements of junk you're taking every day and don't even know what it is? You can't even pronounce half the stuff you're putting in your body. I know you know what I'm talking about. So say hello to AG1. This is a supplement that I take besides protein and water. The only other thing I take, your one-stop shop for all things health and vitality. It's like having a team of superheroes in a single bottle ready to rescue you from nutrient deficiencies and boost your overall well-being. That sounds good, right? Let me tell you what AG1 is. It's the ultimate multitasker, delivering a powerful blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and other incredible ingredients all at once. It's like a nutrient-packed smoothie, but without the blender, without the mess, and without that questionable flavor combination that you had yesterday. With AG1, you'll get the nutrients you need without the taste bud turmoil. And any of you who's been taking a lot of stuff, you know what I'm talking about. But hold on, there's more. When you jump on the AG1 train today, you're gonna get an epic offer. Here's the offer. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, that's the sunshine vitamin, that keeps your immune system and bones in top shape, and that's not all. 
you're going to enjoy five free AG1 travel packs with your first shipment, ensuring that you stay on top of your health game even while you're on the go. And all you got to do is take a scoop of this stuff or one travel pack, eight ounces of water and your shaker bottle, which AG1 will give to you. So this is the simplest, easiest way to get nutrients for your body every single day. You don't need a blender. You don't need ice. You don't have to try random combinations. None of that garbage. Say goodbye to all of that. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and join the AG1 party for a healthier, happier you. Your taste buds and your body will thank you. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves you to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to prove you're smart. If you want people to know that you're smart, how do you actually prove it? Is there a way to prove it? The answer is yes, there is a way to prove it. I'm going to explain that here today. But before we get into that, let me let you all know a couple things. First of all, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out every single day, guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point to start your day. All you have to do to get that message is text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. Once you text me, you'll be in my text community. And again, if you don't get an immediate response from us, because we're just still working on some tech issues when it comes to the text actually going out. So we will catch up once everything is working the way it's supposed to, which it may be by the time you hear it a second. Work on your game university. That is the place where I do all my coaching. It's the only place I do any coaching. If you would like to work with me directly, that is the only way to do so. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com where you can see the layout of the entire work on your game system program, what exactly we do, who we help, how we help you. All that is laid out right there on that page. Then you can click the button to schedule a time to get on a call with us. That's the only way you can join the university. You have to get on a call with us if you want to know who we're working with. You need to know that we can help you and that you'd be a good fit for what we're doing. So you can click that button right there on that page and schedule a time to get on a call with us and we will take it from there. Again, work on your game, university.com. That out the way, let's get into this topic. So first of all, I got to tell you a story of where this subject is coming from, because there's something that specifically happened that led to me talking about this. I was on X, which is the only app, a social media app in which I will engage with people in no comments and back and forth. And I will even talk to people who I don't even know. It could be a person who I don't even know is a real person. I may be engaging with a bot. You never even know. But I will engage with people on X. And there was someone who was somehow the concept of transsexual people was the subject that me and another person got into a back and forth. I guess you could say debate through comments to each other. And while we are having this back and forth, this back and forth conversation, me and this individual, this back and forth exchange, me and this individual, this person says, hey, why don't you? come on, would you care to defend your points in a public space? And I guess he's probably thinking that I wouldn't want to. I said, sure, I would gladly defend my points in a public space. So this person invited me to come on a Twitter spaces or X, I guess it's called X spaces now, which is basically like in a live audio platform 
where you can have a live conversation with people through X and you can just hear people, but you can't see them. So it's kind of like live radio, I guess, is how I would describe it. So this person who I was having this back and forth conversation with, he invites me on. Well, he reached out to a few of his friends. So he like tagged a bunch of his friends in a post and said, hey, this guy said he would come on. So I figured I'm going to be talking to this one person I've been going back and forth with. But I get into the Twitter space and this person I was talking to in the comments, he's not even on the stage. He's not even engaged in the conversation. He has me talking to this other guy who is a alleged doctor. And he was asking me, basically, the conversation didn't go too long. Long story short, this whole thing lasted about five minutes because what happened is a mistake that I will own up to is that this gentleman who I ended up talking to, I guess he was like there head debater guy. And I guess he's a defender of the trans movement, uh, whatever you call trans thing. I am not a believer in it. I believe there are two genders, male and female. There's man and woman, and that's it. There is no spectrum. There is no fluidity. And there is no in-between. That's where I stand on it, that God created that. So anyway, we get into this conversation. The guy basically had control of the microphones, the guy who I was talking to. So I was a speaker on the stage, but I was not a host of the space, which meant I did not control who could speak and when. In other words, the host had control over the mics, which means he could mute somebody and stop them from speaking whenever he wanted to. But this is the guy that I'm supposed to be debating with. So if you're not getting the gist of what I'm saying here is kind of can't be in a debate with somebody if they can control when you can speak, but you can't control when they can speak. So the reason this whole thing only lasted about five minutes is because uh, it starts and the host, it was two hosts. One host was a guy who was relatively quiet. He wasn't saying anything. He asked me, Dre, no, what is it that you want to say? So I explained everything I just told you all that, hey, I was having this back and forth with this other person who was not involved in this live audio conversation. And I was saying to him that people who are born male, i.e. they're born with a penis, should not be participating in women's sports. That was my point. And he said, would you come on here and defend it in a public space? And I said, I would. And here I am. But I don't even see that guy. I see y'all here. So what are we doing? So then the other host, this is the one who I was supposed to be debating with, he comes into the conversation and he starts talking about gender versus sex. And anybody who doesn't understand the difference between gender and sex can't debate on this topic, which is a red herring. That's a fallacy because he's shifting the goalposts. Saying, well, you got to be able to talk about these things and never talk about these things. And that's absolutely not true. But again, this is what a person like him, again, he's an academic and this is what academics do. We're going to get into that here in this episode. And I'll explain exactly what they do and why they do what they do, because I understand these people pretty well to where I can explain to you exactly what they do. Some of you who are listening to this, if I happen to be describing you, don't be mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. And if any of you happen to know these people who are going to describe, then you can let me know that I've described them well. So anyway, the reason that this didn't last long is because this guy had control over the mic. So when I'm saying what I'm saying, he jumps in and says, well, no, that's wrong because and he starts going into his gist of saying what he's saying. I'm like, wait a minute, you're interrupting me. I didn't get finished saying what I'm saying. Y'all invited me here to talk. And then what he does, he starts using his control over the mic. So he muted me while I was talking. So he kept talking. And then I came on and I said, listen, y'all invited me on here to debate on this subject. I don't know y'all. Like they had a little community where they do this all the time. I don't know anything about these people. Never heard of them ever before this day that this happened. And I said to the host, the doctor guy, allegedly a doctor. I said to him, listen, if you mute me again while I'm speaking, I'm going to exit and y'all can go ahead and have this conversation with yourselves. But you're not going to invite me somewhere to talk to you in an alleged debate. And then as soon as I start saying things you don't agree with, you're shutting my mic off. But I don't have the power to shut 
your mic off. Like, that's just not even a fair fight in their platform. So again, that's why I say I take ownership of the fact that I walked into this not knowing that they were going to do it that way. I would never go put myself in that situation again because I'm not going to be able to make my points because as soon as I make a point that the person disagrees with, if they're the one I'm debating with and they control the mic, they can just shut me out. So anyway, I told him that if you mute me again, I'm leaving. And then within like 30 seconds, I'm talking, he muted me again. And I just left and that was the end of the conversation. So all of that, this two to five minute engagement led to what I'm going to talk about here in this episode, because it was a microcosm of a bigger point that I'm going to make here today. So it got me thinking about people like these individuals who I was talking to and it got me thinking, why do they do this? Because see, it'd be one thing if I just got on here and just told you, well, that guy's an idiot. He's a dummy. He's an asshole. He's a fool. He's stupid. He doesn't know anything. Don't listen to anything he ever, ever has to say, which I would bet. I didn't hear the rest of the conversation. I don't know. I would bet that after I left, he probably said those things about me, right? (laughs) But (laughs) I'm not going to say those things about him. What I'm going to do is what I always do. This is what this is a thought experiment for me. And this is the reason why I get on apps like X and I engage with people who might have no 15 followers, but they made some point that I think that they think is actually a good point. I'm willing to engage with them because it helps me understand why people think how they think. And the more people talk, the more they reveal their thought patterns. And I want to know people's thought patterns because it helps me to understand why people are how they are. And I've always been into human psychology. So this is it's interesting to me. It's kind of like a dog. And if you have a dog and the dog gets in the car, you like to roll the window down and let the dog sniff all the smells. All right, that's the same way I am when it comes to understanding why people think what they think, even when their points, their conclusions are completely irrational and illogical and don't make any sense. I still want to know how they arrived at these points, because the more, again, you get people to engage, the more they explain their thought patterns. And often their thought patterns make no sense. But that's good because it actually becomes material for people like myself. So today I'm going to explain how this happens and why this happens, because, listen, nobody wants to feel like they're lacking in intelligence. I don't care whether you went to college, you might not even went to college or you might be a Ph.D. who's been in college for 15 years. Nobody wants to feel like they're not smart relative to another person. And most people who are reasonably accomplished in life at whatever level, whether you have a normal four year degree, somebody like me, or you got advanced degree, or maybe you didn't even go to school, but you have accomplishments in your life. Most people usually think that they're smart. So today I'm going to explain to you how to know for sure and how you can display to others that you are actually smart without having to stoop to cheap tactics in the process. Let's just call it that. Let's call it cheap. But let me get into my points. You'll better understand. Point number one. Today's topic, once again, is how to prove that you're smart. Number one, truly smart people simplify ideas and communication. This is the number one way you know you're talking to someone who is truly intelligent. I'm using smart and intelligent in the same context. I'm using them to mean the same thing. A truly smart person simplifies ideas and they are simplified in their communication. They simplify things when they communicate it to you. Now, this may come off as an extremely self-serving point, but I'm going to say this point anyway. Not what I just said, but what I'm about to say. Because I believe this to be true. This skill is one of my superpowers. I told you it was going to sound self-serving, but I still believe it to be true. Whether you think it's self-serving or not, I believe it to be true. That one of my superpowers is my ability to simplify concepts and to communicate them in a simple way to which anyone can understand them, even if you know nothing of the subject. That's what an intelligent, a really smart person can do. They can take something that you know nothing about and they know everything about, and they can explain it to you in a simple way 
that you will understand and then you'll get exactly what they're talking about, even though you have zero experience in that space and they have all the experience in that space. I do a lot of interviews on other people's platforms these days. And most of the interviews that I do, I'm talking to people who are not from the sports world, but usually on every show that I'm on, because I'm not some world famous person, almost every time I'm on somebody's show, I get asked, well, the first question is, who are you? Where do you come from? How'd you become the person that you are? And in answering that question, I often will bring up my basketball background because that's a big part of who I am. And when I explain to people how I went from playing at Division Three college to playing pro basketball, I explain this concept of going to these events called exposure camps, which are like job fairs for athletes. And you pay to go to these events and you got to play really well. And there's a bunch of people who all think they can play pro and you got to outshine them. And it's a high pressure environment because this is your only chance to make it pro. And I explain how I went through that process. And I explain how I took the footage and the scouting report from that and went and got me an agent. I explain how the agent signed me and how the agent went and got me my first deal overseas and how the overseas world works and how things were happening. And then they got on YouTube at the same time and then not having a job playing pro ball. And I started building up my brand online, which we now call personal brand, all that stuff and selling things online and how it led to me talking about mindset and the weekly motivation videos and how that was the bridge between the athletes and the entrepreneurs and how now I do talking to entrepreneurs and professionals almost exclusively, how all of that happened. When I break all of that down, I'm talking about a lot of things that many of the hosts whose shows I appear on know nothing about. They don't know anything about the professional basketball world, especially when it comes to overseas basketball. A lot of people who watch basketball don't know anything about the overseas basketball world, especially like when you talk about exposure camps and contracts and all of these things. People don't know anything about these things, but it was a big part of how I became who I became. So I need to include it in my story, but at the same time, talking to people who know nothing about it. So how do I do that? I have to have the ability to simplify it and make it easily understandable and bite-sized for a bunch of people who know nothing and don't really care to know anything about the basketball world. But to better understand me, you must understand this part of my background. That's a skill. That's a communication skill. And any of you who's an expert at whatever it is that you do, you must be able to break it down and simplify it so that a fifth grader could understand you. That's your litmus test. Fifth grader. Not somebody your same age. Not somebody with your experience who maybe is just not as good as you. A fifth grader. Can you explain this to a 10-year-old? And can they understand it? So as I said, this may sound self-serving, but this is one of my superpowers. My ability to break complex things down into simple terms or relatively complex. It might not be complex for everyone, but it's complex for someone. So this superpower that I'm saying is not that I'm a smart person. It's my ability to simplify things to easily understandable points that you don't have to be smart to understand where I'm coming from. That's the skill that people don't have to be smart to understand you. If people need to be really smart to understand what you're saying, you ain't that smart. Let me say that again. If someone has to be really smart to understand what you are saying, you are not that smart. When you are really smart, People don't have to be smart at all. They can have very little intelligence. They can have an eighth grade education. They can understand exactly what you're talking about because you are able to simplify and make it easy to understand. That's what smart people do. That's what intelligent people do. So this is what I've been doing for almost 3000 days in a row right here on the show. And I've been doing it for two decades online. To put it succinctly, truly smart person can take a concept that they understand well and help a 10 year old get it. 10 year old may not be able to teach it perfectly, but they get it. And a truly smart person can explain the concept so well, in fact, that that 10 year old could turn around and at least give the gist of that topic to somebody else and they would get it too. That's also known as a transfer of knowledge and is literally what people like myself do as entrepreneurs. That's literally my job is transfer knowledge. That's what I do. 
when you come into work on your game university, you will receive a transfer of knowledge from working with me. That's a guarantee. Transfer of knowledge is I'm going to look at your situation, see what you're doing, figure out what's working, figure out what's not working. Maybe if you're just starting or maybe you haven't done anything yet, I'm going to explain to you why we're going to do what we're going to do. I'm going to explain to you why it works. And when things don't go the right way, we're going to figure out why we're going to diagnose. I'm going to explain that to you. You're going to get a transfer of knowledge. And that's not just going to be me telling you to do this, this, and this, or me do everything for you. It's going to be me explaining it to you so that your level of knowledge increases in the time that you're working with me. That is my job. Not only are you going to get results, but your level of knowledge is going to increase. So the things that you needed to know six months ago, you don't need to know anymore because now I've taught them to you. That is a transfer of knowledge. This is one of the reasons why I've told you I've had assistants work for me and get so good through working for me that they got hired away by somebody else poached for triple the salary that they're being paid by me because I made them so good that they were worth more money. And again, I'm not saying that's a self-serving point. I'm saying that is that when you are good at transferring knowledge, this is what happens with the people who work with you. People who work with me get better on their own without me around because they've been around me. That's what a truly smart person does. An entrepreneur, you must transfer knowledge to others, especially in the thought leadership, thought leadership entrepreneurs. You have to do this. Knowledge entrepreneurs or infopreneurs, whatever phrase you want to use. If you work with me as a coaching client, again, you will be permanently changed in the way that you look at and think about things, your business, yourself. Even when you're not around me, you will perform more effectively and efficiently because of what you learned from me. That is a transfer of knowledge. Okay. And if you are selling intellectual property, which is knowledge made into some type of tangible output, all right, no intellectual property entrepreneur can succeed without this ability of breaking things down and making it easy for others to understand. All right. So authors, coaches, course creators, consultants, all right, this is what all of us are doing. And there are some coaches and consultants out there who I don't even agree with fundamentally what they're doing, but they are very good at having this skill. If you don't have the skill, you can't be successful. It's impossible. You cannot be successful as a knowledge entrepreneur without the skill of transferring what you know to other people who don't know nearly as much as you. So this is what a smart person looks like. You know what is the biggest thing that separates the high level performers from everyone else out there? It is not talent. It is not hard work. It is not resources. It is not knowledge. It is not skill. It is the fact that they have a process and a strategy for how to show up and give their best effort even on the days when they don't feel like being at work. Has any of you ever had one of those days? Is any of you having one of those days right now? That day is called the third day. We put a label on it and we describe exactly what it is in my new book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. In this book, I will not only describe to you what the third day is, but I will help you create a formula for yourself for you to show up and give your best effort, even on those days when you don't even feel like going to work. In that book, you're going to become a professional and no longer be an amateur. I'll give you a free copy of it. As a matter of fact, all you have to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Again, thirddaybook.com. Now let's move on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is how to prove you're smart or how to know that you're smart. Number two, here's what happens with the quasi smart people. Those are the people who are pretending to be smart or the people whose ego is wrapped up in proving how smart they are. Let me tell you what they do. They do the exact opposite of what the truly smart person does. This is what they do. And I want you all to think about, first of all, check yourself. If you ever find yourself doing this, don't do this. If you do find yourself doing it, stop doing it immediately and ask yourself, if you know, anyone who ever does this. Quasi smart people like to junk up communication. That's what they do. They junk up the communication. Let me explain what that means. 
See, the quasi-smart person's aim is to make you the person they're talking to. It's to make you feel dumb because you don't know or don't understand what they know and what they understand. That's their job. They want to show you that they know and understand things that you don't know and don't understand. And they're going to emphasize that to make you feel like you are completely confused with things that they understand very well. And this is the way that they prove their superiority. This is what they do. And again, if you start really listening to people talk, you'll notice that there are people who do this all the time. They do it by habit because they don't know any other way. And there's a reason why they do it. I'm going to get into that in a second. This is the person, again, wants to make you feel like you don't understand what they know and understand, which means you can't question them. You can't disagree with them. You can't go against the grain with them because all they're going to do is show you again that you're not as smart as them, which means there's no way you and I can have a conversation because you just don't know the things that I know. And since I'm so smart and you're so dumb, we shouldn't even be having a conversation. This is what, and that story I told you at the top of this episode, when I went into that Twitter space, this is what that guy was trying to do to me. He was unsuccessful, but this is what his aim was. If we had the whole conversation, that's all he would have did. The whole conversation just would have been that. I would have made a point. He would have tried to go above my point by explaining how he understood whatever he wanted to say at a higher level than me. And since I couldn't, and I didn't know things at the level at which he was talking, that means I'm not as smart as him, which means to the audience, and this is his whole goal, because there was an audience of people listening. To the audience, oh, well, this guy I'm talking to is not that smart. So clearly, since I'm smarter, that must mean that I'm right. But this, see, this is what quasi-smart people do. Truly smart people can break down and dumb down a conversation, not dumb down in a way that it no longer has value, but dumb down in the context that you make it easy enough for everyone to understand, even if they don't have your schooling, they haven't read the books you read, they don't know anything you know, they don't have your experience, they should still be able to follow along with every single thing that you say without getting lost. That's what a good teacher, let's just use that word. That's what a good teacher does. I remember being in school and I would have classmates who would complain about one of their teachers. And I would say, well, what's your issue with this teacher? Why are you failing in this class? Why are you not doing good in math or science or English or whatever? And students would say, that we often hear this phrase, is that they don't teach. The teacher doesn't teach. She doesn't teach. He doesn't teach. People would say that. And what people meant when they said that is that when they said the teacher doesn't teach, what they meant was the teacher is not good at breaking concepts down to make it easy for everybody to understand. This is why teaching is a very valuable skill when you have it, whether you're teaching in a school system, whether you're teaching like what I'm doing right here, whether you make courses, whether you're a consultant, whether you coach people one-on-one, whatever it is that you do. Teaching is a very valuable skill because what you're doing, especially when you're teaching to a bunch of people at once, like right now, there's thousands of people listening to what I'm saying here. So I'm not talking to just one individual person. Because that's a different skill. We're talking to one person. You can tailor everything you say to that one person. But if you have a classroom of 30 people or you got 3000 people in your audience or you got a group coaching program with 50 people on a call, you have to be able to break down your points in such a way that everybody can get it and everybody ain't at the same level. So that's a skill. And not everybody has that skill. That's a one. That's called one to many. One to one is talking to one person. One to many is talking to multiple people. And not everybody has both skills. Some people can do one, they can't do the other. Most people who can do one-to-many can also do one-to-one. Not everybody who can do one-to-one can do one-to-many. So these are not all, they don't always go hand in hand. So this is the person who, again, this guy who I was allegedly debating with on Twitter, or it was supposed to be a debate, but it never actually manifested. Their main point was, again, was trying to show that they could go into further detail on the subject than I could, because I gave them my opening thesis, which is, a person born with a penis, male, should not be competing in female sports. He tried to take the conversation to, well, what's the difference between gender and sex? I said that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. 
And whether I laid that out or got into that conversation with him has nothing to do with the actual point. But then he went on a little rant and he said, well, gender exists on a spectrum and it's a social construct and all of these things. That has nothing to do with a person born with a penis not competing in sports. No, it appeared we were about to be having two different conversations anyway. So the debate probably wouldn't have even been worth it. But the fact that he tried to go, let me get into the details of this in ways that not everybody understands is proof of what I'm trying to get across to you here. Hopefully you are getting this point. He wanted to show he could go further in, into detail on the subject. Again, the detail was not the topic. We weren't there to debate gender versus sex. We were there to debate person with penis playing women's sports. Are those two different topics? To me, they're two different topics. But if I'm wrong, somebody let me know. Now, here's the question. We're still on point number two. Why would somebody want to do this? What did they get out of it? Now, because this is the question I really want to answer. I'm not, the question is not what did this guy or what do people of his ilk do? Because I know what he did. I saw it. The question is, why does he do it? What does he get out of it? Why would he do something like this? What is his benefit? Like when it's over, I'm sure when it ended, he felt like he had you no know, one and made his point. And when it was over, I probably felt like I had. And I don't know if I felt like I won and made my point because I didn't really get a chance to talk that much. But I didn't feel like I had you no know, missed anything in that small amount of time that I had to speak. So what does he get out of this? This is an important question to ask. You should always ask this question. You always want to know the angle that another person has. I have an episode on my show where I talk about knowing other people's angles. You always want to know somebody's angle because. If you can't understand a motive as to why somebody does something, maybe you have an incorrect assessment of why they did it. Now, you need to know somebody's angle. I talked about this in episode number 750, knowing your angles and knowing the angles of other people. In other words, what do people want to get out of their behavior? Usually people who have control of their brains do things for a reason. Even if you don't agree with the reason, there still is a reason. Now, I don't agree with his reason, but I believe he had a reason. OK, so let's figure this out. We need to know what this guy's reason is. Here's the answer that I came up with. Ego. This is the reason why he did it. Out of ego. Now, let's be clear. I showed up to this would have been debate out of ego, too, because I was going to prove my point and show that this guy, I knew what I was talking about and I was willing to defend it because I think, again, I think that he thought I wasn't going to be willing to step up and defend it. The random guy who invited me, again, who was never involved in the conversation. But this other guy showed up for his ego, too. Now, these two men with egos uh, trying to prove themselves. So I showed up for ego, but I would not try to talk over top of somebody through ego. I don't do that. That's why I told you. I told you at the beginning of this episode. And I've told you in previous episodes. I get on X and I will go back and forth and have an exchange with somebody who has 20 followers. Are right, they a complete nobody doing nothing? I don't need to talk to them. In terms of status and credibility or whatever words you want to use to make somebody somebody in the world today, I have conversations with people who compared to what I have accomplished, I could call them nobodies. I don't call them that, but I could. But I exchange with them anyway, because I'm not trying to prove my superiority to people. I just want to know what your point is. I'm going to let you know what my point is and logically show me why you're saying what you're saying. That's why I engage with people, because I want to figure it out. So this guy, back to my, what I'm saying here, ego is the reason. See, people who junk up communication in order to prove how smart they are, they're usually amongst, here's where you find them. And again, any of you work in this space, you probably know these people. These are usually career academics. Career academic is a person who has an advanced degree. That's what I mean when I say career academics. I mean, they spent a lot of time in school and they spent a lot of money going to school. They're probably still paying for it to this day. Career academics. These are people who become professors. Usually to be a professor, you need an advanced degree to even be eligible for the job. You often find this with people who work in medicine, people who work in 
scientists, whatever that means. You got a lot of scientists these days. I'm not saying all of these people, but I'm saying when you do find them, they usually come from these spaces. So if you happen to be in one of these spaces, I have coaching clients who are in these spaces. So I'm not saying all of you. I'm saying usually when you find these people who try to junk up communication by showing you how smart they are and how smart you're not, which means you should listen to everything that they say. This is exactly what they're trying to do. They're doing it because of ego. And I'm going to explain why this is ego, because that's too simple of an answer to just say ego. They're doing it because of ego. Right, that's too simple of an answer. I'm going to go deeper and explain to you where this ego piece is coming from. And that's where this is really going to make sense to you. Let me finish. Now, what do these people have in common? These people that I'll just describe to you, what do these people all have in common? Career academics, professors, scientists, medicine people. What do they all have in common? Do you know? These are people whose entire careers are based on climbing a ladder. Did you hear the episode where I told you stop climbing ladders? I told you about this in episode number 2672. Entrepreneurs, stop climbing ladders. What is climbing a ladder? Climbing a ladder is when someone tells you you need to hit this standard in order to be able to do this. And if you want to do A, you got to do B, C, D, E, and F first. That's climbing a ladder. That is literally how the school system is set up. I'm pausing there because I want that thought to sink in. The education system in America is set up to tell you you must climb this ladder in order to be eligible for this. Isn't that how it works? I was talking to a teacher, like a K through 12 teacher on X, maybe two weeks ago. And I was saying, well, listen, any teacher who doesn't like the salary that you're making as a teacher, why don't you just become a professor? There you get more money because the colleges are raping the kids with the prices that they're charging for tuition. You get more money and you probably don't even have to work as hard. Why don't you just do that? Now you solved all your problems. And a teacher responded to me and said, Dre, I logically agree with you, but in order for me to be a professor in college, as opposed to being an eighth grade math teacher like I am, I would have to go back to school and get a master's degree. And that's going to cost me so much money in student loans. And then I got to go to school and then I don't have time to work and I got to take care of my kids. So it's not so easy to just do that. I said, I completely understand. It makes perfect sense. So this is why I couldn't be a college professor right now if I wanted to, because I don't have an advanced degree. But to get that advanced degree, you got to go to school first. You got to pick up the student loan bill. You got to take all that extra time to go to school and you're getting an advanced degree, which means it ain't as easy as the four year degree, which means you might not even be able to work during that time period. So it's a lot that goes into it. It's a whole cycle. And that stuff costs money. Any of you who have an advanced degree, you know what I'm talking about. So here's what I'm saying. These people who I just described, their whole careers are based on the fact that they have successfully climbed the education ladder. They climbed it successfully. They didn't fall off the ladder. They climbed it and they made it. They made it somewhere. They got their master's. They got a PhD. They got a law degree. They got a, I don't know what else you can get. Whatever they got. They got some degree after a regular four-year degree, right? In the process, they accumulated mountains of student loan debt to get it because everything has a trade-off, right? So they had to find a way. Think about this. Really think about this. These people through all these years, let's say they might be 30 years old by the time they finish school. They go straight through. They might be 30. Let's say they took a little gap, have kids or work a couple of years, build up some money or something like that, live life. They might be 30, 35, 40 years old by the time they finally get out of school and then go get the position that they did all that school in order to get. Think about that. Many of you listen to this. You started your career when you were 18, 22, 25, 24. These people can't start a career at that age because they're still in school. Again, you might be 30, 35, 40 years old before you even start your career. And all the time before that, all you were doing was going to school just to get this career. Now you finally got it. Okay, you got this career. You got your advanced degree. Now you're a doctor. Now you're a scientist. Now you're a professor. Now you're a fill in the blank, whatever it is you can become when you get this advanced degree. 
All right, now you got it. Now what? And now you got all that student loan debt you got to pay back, right? So you got a job that pays pretty well, and but a proportion of your check got to go towards paying down that debt. This is going to take you a while to do. Okay, all good. That's the trade-off that you decided to make. Fine. Now, what does this person have to do? Because every human has an ego. Can we agree? Every human has an ego. Some bigger than others. Some more in touch with theirs than others, but everyone has it. So this person now has to find a way to make all of that investment that they've made, the time, the money, the attention, the energy, and the focus, they got to make that investment make sense. That investment has to make sense to them. All right, I did all these years of school, all of this, all this debt. Now I finally got this job. Okay, now I got to make this make sense to myself and I got to make it make sense to everybody else who didn't go this route. So imagine someone who spent their entire life climbing the educational ladder and they got their advanced degrees. They're 35, 30, 40 years old. They finally got their position. They've been in their position for a couple of years and they state some position that they not position like a job, but they state some idea that they hold. And then here comes me, entrepreneur with a four year of muggle, shitty four year degree, no advanced degree ambitions whatsoever. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't work in the educational world. I don't climb any ladders. I haven't climbed any ladders. They've climbed a bunch of ladders and got to the top of them successfully. Here I come along questioning their expertise. How do you think they're going to respond to somebody like me? Let me take a sip of water while you think about this. Now, here's what I think. And this is just my theory. And if you could offer your own, here's what I think. I think people like this guy who I was, again, set to debate, but we didn't get a chance to debate. I think he's looking at me like, yo, who the fuck are you with your little four-year degree, your entrepreneurial business, whatever it is that you're doing? Who are you to come and question me who has spent I got a four year degree. Then I went and got something else. Then I went and got something else. And I got all this debt. And I've climbed all these ladders to finally get to this position to where I can speak as an authority on a subject. And now you, who has not climbed any of the ladders that I've climbed, are going to question me. No way am I letting that happen. This is what I'm thinking is in the mind of people like this guy. Now, I don't believe I'm projecting because I don't talk to people like that. I never talk to anyone like that. And I never, ever, ever hold my college degree up as a shield for any point that I've ever made. Actually, as a matter of fact, I hold it up as I make a joke about the fact that I have a college degree because nothing that I got from college is helping me run my business. So I never do that. I never try to hold up. Well, I'm smarter than you. So that's why my point is right. And your point is wrong. I always am the type of person I've always told this to you all who listen to the show that your point should be strong enough that you don't even need to bring up who you are as a person. I only bring it up if it helps add some no proof to the statement that you're making. For example, the other day I was talking to some guy, the conversation was basketball. We were talking on X and he was explaining how, well, people who used to play basketball have a better understanding of this, this, and this. And he was trying to say that, but I knew this guy was not a basketball player. And I said to him, dude, you don't even know what you're talking about. I am a basketball player. And what you just said is not true. You don't know what you're talking about. And so I brought up the fact that I was a basketball player, but not as a way to put him down but as a way to help him understand that the point that he was asserting was absolutely wrong. And he was trying to tell me what basketball players understand and what they do when he's not a basketball player. And he clearly didn't know what he was talking about. And I said that exactly to him. He tried to say, well, you're attacking me personally. I said, no, I'm not attacking you. I'm attacking your point because your point doesn't make sense because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. And I told him why he didn't know what he was talking about. And that's pretty much where the conversation fizzled out. The whole point being, I never use my credentials to tell someone, shut up, don't say anything to me. My credentials don't matter if my point is strong enough. Let me say that again for all of you listening. Your credentials don't matter when your point is strong enough. You never need to use your credentials if you have a good enough point. 
So I don't have to tell you that if I make a point about have a podcast, I don't have to tell you that I got a podcast with over 7 million all-time listeners in order for you to listen to my point because my point should be strong enough. I don't have to bring that up. Now, if you ask, I'll tell you. I don't need to use that as a defense mechanism on my point or something about entrepreneurship to defend a point that I make about entrepreneurship because I can explain the point well enough that even if you take my name off it, the point still stands. That's what a truly smart person can do. They don't have to tell you who they are in order for you to believe what is said because what is said stands on its own two feet. That's how you make a point. So any of you who's ever you know, been on a debate team or something, I'm sure this is one of the things that they teach. So for outsiders who didn't go this route of climbing all these educational ladders to these educational people, they're looking at everybody else like, OK, I can't let this person get one up on me on this thing. This is the one thing that my whole life has been based around, proving how smart I am, proving how much I know. All the books that I read, all the tests that I took, all the tests that I passed, all the ladders that I climbed. Now you're going to question my intellect. No way can I let that happen. So this becomes an ego battle. This is not a battle of point versus point. This is a battle of ego versus point. That's what this is. So these people's egos are wrapped up in the accumulation of their education, their certifications and their degrees. And they need a way to show everybody else in the world. They have to show us, the, us, us peons who have not climbed the ladder. They got to show us that they are smarter than we are, that they're successful at climbing ladders. And because of that, because the ladder that they climbed is an educational ladder. So they didn't climb an athletic ladder or a business ladder or a making money ladder. They climbed an educational ladder. So an education is about allegedly, ostensibly is about how smart you are, right? It's about how much knowledge you have accumulated. So a person who has climbed an educational ladder has to prove that they have more knowledge than people who have not climbed the ladder. Doesn't that just make sense? I mean, if I had a five or eight or 10 extra years of schooling on top of the four years of college that I did, I would probably be wrapped up in it too. I would probably want to prove to every person I met how much smarter I am than you because shit, I got 10 years of fucking going to school to back it up. I got to make that worth something. If I don't, then what do I do it for? Now I feel like an asshole. I just did 10 extra years of school or five extra years or two extra years and I got all this debt I got to pay back and I'm just going to throw it away and not use it. That takes a, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow if somebody's going to do that. I know there are people who have done it. Maybe some of you listening have done it. That's a tough pill to swallow. And this is why many academics they respond the way that they do. And it's interesting. I'm saying it's not just off of this one guy because I've talked to more than one academic and it's a common energy that I get from them because they look at me and they see that I'm not them. I, I don't climb the ladders that they climb. They see that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not this person who's telling you about my degrees and things like this. And the kind of response I get from them, I notice this energy every time. That's why I'm bringing this up. So I'm, this one guy is just a frame, but he's not I'm not basing this all just on this one experience because, again, it was only five minutes. But this is an ego play for these people. It's a shield for their insecurities about how they've chosen to spend their lives. That's what this is. This ego play is a shield for their insecurities about how they've chosen to spend their lives. And again, I'm not saying they're insecure because they regret becoming academics or regret becoming a, a professor or a Ph.D. or a scientist or a doctor or whatever. I'm not saying they regret the job because they ain't giving it up. What I'm saying is the insecurity is when someone like myself who didn't climb those ladders comes along and challenges them. When I challenge you, I'm putting myself on the same plane as you intellectually. And I think they see that as a personal affront. Hey, you haven't climbed the ladder that I've climbed. Who are you to challenge me intellectually? And as a matter of fact, I'll tell you another story. I was talking to an academic whose name I'm not going to say, but I know their name. This is what they said. They said, I get people questioning me about something that I wrote or something that I said or something that I affirmed. This is what the academic was saying to me. This is a person with advanced degrees and you know, student loan debt and years ago in school and all the person I just described. This is one of these people. 
They said, who is anyone to question me? Like these like regular people. That's what they were referring. Who is one of these regular people to be questioning me? I'm a fucking college professor. This is what this person said out of their mouth. Now, they weren't talking to me when they said it, but they were talking to me, but they weren't talking about me. They were just saying it like as a saying, like, who are these people to be questioning me? I'm a fucking college professor. I don't have to talk to you. This is what they said out of their mouth. So that confirmed to me that I said, oh, you know what? That makes perfect sense. This is how these people think. It made perfect sense. As soon as this person said that out of their mouth, I said, "Okay, now I get it. Now I understand. Now I understand. These people just think they're smarter than everybody. And they want to prove it. And the way that they prove that they're smart is the exact opposite way of proving that you're smart. What it actually does is expose your insecurities that you try to talk over top of people. But see, when you're truly smart, you'll talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody. Any of you in my text community, any of you ever emailed me, you respond to any article that I've written or you send me a DM, I'll engage with you. You ain't got to have 100 followers. I'll engage with you if you actually make a salient point and I can tell you're an actual human. I won't engage with you. All right. I won't say, oh, well, you ain't did what I did in, in basketball or in business or you don't have a degree, so I'm not going to talk to you. You never wrote a book. Who are you to talk to me? I don't look at people like that. Uh, a point is a point. A homeless man can make a good point. It doesn't matter who the person is. Again, attack the point, not the person. And it ain't about the point. I mean, it ain't about the person is the point. A point is good is good, whether it comes from some dean of students at a college or it comes from some person working minimum wage at Walmart. Good point is a good point. Doesn't matter where it comes from. I started my business based on a point that I got from a random commentator with no name and no avatar picture. So what if I had this mindset? Where would I be today? So these people, anytime I find myself in a back and forth with these folks, and again, this happens often when I'm on social media, this happens on X in particular, because that's the only place I do this, where we are effectively disagreeing. Their default move is to show me how much smarter they are than I am, or at least they think how much smarter they are than I am. Not to actually argue a point, but they'll say something like, well, hey, if you study this or you look this up or I have this degree or I can go deeper into a subject than whoever, uh, this is not proving your point. Again, and it's not the point that we disagree on because if we disagree on a point, that means I understand what I'm talking about. So I'm not asking you to explain to me something that I don't understand. I'm asking you to explain something to me that I do understand. That's what smart people can do. They can stay on your level and still be. That's what a smart person does. See, when a person's trying to prove how smart they personally are by going over top of whoever they're talking to, you're actually proving the opposite. And there's a big difference between the two. So remember what I told you on the first point. Truly smart people can simplify anything and help anybody understand. They can talk to a fifth grader. Whereas quasi smart people, people who are ego smart, they need to prove to you that you don't know as much as they know. And that's their way of proving their superiority. Problem is, that you shield yourself off from the person who doesn't know as much as you. They can't quite understand you. So then you are limiting yourself to a bubble, limiting yourself to a bubble of only talking to people who think the same way that you think or who maybe know as much as you know. And this is why the academic world, academia itself is a bubble in itself. I'm talking academia, meaning like not K through 12, like college and up. That's a bubble in itself. And this is why a lot of folks who work in those spaces, don't usually get into open conversation or discussion with people who are from outside of that world who they know disagree with them because they're not going to be able to stand up to that. They won't be able to stand up to have those possible insecurities possibly exposed by somebody who, again, ain't climbed the same ladder and is not playing by the same rules. Have you ever wondered why so many people have big goals and big dreams for themselves and they work hard every single day, yet they never reach their goals? You ever wondered about that? I have. And I found out the reason why this happens is because most people never ask themselves a key third question, which is, who do I need to be 
while I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can have what I want to have. You see, if you never fix your mindset and the way that you're thinking about a situation and the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself in the mirror, then it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what you want. You will never get there because you simply have an inaccurate formula. I wrote the book called The Mirror of Motivation, which addresses this first question. Who do I need to be? And then when you answer that question, then when you do what you need to do, it will produce the outcomes that you have in what you want to have. If that sounds like it might be the missing link in your process. And let me let you know. It is the missing link in your process. Go to mirrorofmotivation.com. All you do is cover the shipping and I'm gonna give you a free copy of that book physically mailed to your doorstep. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. So you can be who you need to be, then do what you need to do, and then you're gonna have what you wanna have in your life. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Well, let's move on to point number three. We're not done. Today's topic, once again, is how to prove that you are a truly smart individual. Number three. When you're talking to a truly intelligent person, here's what will happen. They will make you feel smarter than you were before the conversation began. This is another important part of this episode. <laughs> I gave you a lot of important stuff here. When you're talking to someone who's truly intelligent, you will feel smarter at the end of the conversation than you felt at the beginning of it because they're going to transfer knowledge to you. This is what smart people do. Now, if you listen to this show, that's what I do. I transfer knowledge to people. You listen to the show often enough, you will learn things that now are yours. They're your knowledge now. You got it from me, but now it's yours because I gave it to you. And I broke it down and explained it in a way that now you get it and you don't need me to keep explaining it to you over and over again because you got it. Because I gave it to you in a way that you could understand it. That's what a truly smart person does. You will have more knowledge than you had before you came across them. And you could take what you learned from a truly smart person and you can utilize it as if it were your own. That's what a truly smart person does. I just talked about this in the last episode, giving abundantly of your resources. Knowledge is a resource. Give abundantly of your knowledge so that other people now have that knowledge. That's what an entrepreneur does. That's what I do as an entrepreneur. If I didn't do that, if I was not good at it, I would have no business. This is what truly smart people do. Now, since the transfer, in order to transfer knowledge to others, number one skill you need is the ability to simplify because not everybody's on your level. So any of you who wants to get into the knowledge transfer business, you must be able to simplify because not everybody's on your level. They're not as smart as you. So you can't expect them to be where you're at because they ain't. Think of an elementary school teacher, for example. All right, they got to be really good at simplifying information because you're talking to kids who don't have the brain capacity to understand college level concepts. You're talking to five year olds. If you can't simplify, you can't teach kindergarten. You have to simplify things to get them across to your audience. This is why if any of you have ever read about political campaigns and the speeches that politicians give, especially when they're campaigning. The winners of political campaigns are usually people whose campaign messages are as simple as possible. In other words, you want to win president of the United States. Your speeches need to be understood at a second grade reading level. That's not hyperbole. If you want to win president of the United States, your campaign speeches need to be understood at a second grade reading level. That's a real thing. Second grade reading level. Now, why would you need to speak second grade when everybody who votes has to be at least age 18? Right? Well, you are overestimating the intelligence of the average person. Understand about half of America votes. We got about 330 million people. That's 150 million people. You think all of them have college level understanding of language? They do not. And you need votes from everybody. So you need to be as simple as possible so that you can reach as many people as possible with your message on a level in which they can understand it so that they can understand you like you and vote for you because that's the game that you're in. When Donald Trump won the election in 2016, his speeches were on a second grade reading level, meaning if you transcribe them, a second grader could understand what he was saying. 
If you go above that, if you're on a fifth grade or a seventh grade reading level, you are alienating a large percentage of the audience because they don't have the intellect to understand where you're at. They don't have an intellect to follow along with where you're going. Truly smart people understand this and they work it into everything that they do. If you want to reach the masses, you can't go over people's heads. Not only will they not understand you, they also, again, won't vote for you. You got to reach people where they are intellectually. If you're a truly smart individual, anyone listening to this, if you're really smart, let me let you in on a secret. Most people ain't as smart as you. Most people ain't that smart. So if you are smart, understand that you're above most people. All right, how many people here think they're above average intelligence? How many listeners right now? How many of you believe you are an above average level of intelligence? Almost everybody thinks they're above average. Not everybody can be, but most people think that they are. So since you think you're above average intelligence, understand that when you explain things, you have to make it simple enough that someone who does not have your intellect can understand. And when you're talking to someone who is uh, the quasi smart people, on the other hand, so I told you I'm giving you two uh, juxtapositions here. A truly smart person is going to make you feel smarter when you talk to them. Quasi smart person is going to make you feel dumber when you talk to them. When you talk to a quasi smart person, you're going to feel like you are not nearly as smart as they are. You're going to feel dumber just because what they said. And they're going to help you and assist you in feeling dumber because that's, again, is wrapped up in your ego. It's not their goal to actually make you feel dumb, but it's their goal to make you understand that they're smart. And compared to them, you ain't as smart. That's how you end up feeling dumb. It's not because that's the actual goal. That ends up being the goal, but that's the secondary outcome. The real outcome is they want you to understand how smart they are in comparison that makes you dumb. These are the people who, again, will immediately try to talk over your head when you bring up something. They'll try to bring up a point that they think you don't know about or that you don't understand. They'll challenge you to prove that you do understand it. And if you can't understand it, then they can say, well, see, you don't understand that. That's the reason why we disagree, because you just don't understand things on a level that I understand. them. that's the reason why you have this false idea. This is an ego play. That's when somebody's just trying to use their ego to one up you. Listen to these quasi smart people talk. Again, if you know any of them, listen to them talk. And if you work on a college campus, listen to them talk. Tell me if I'm wrong. You'll notice this. You will start noticing this so obviously as to be humorous. Scientists, medics, academics, professors, you'll notice this because this is what they, they have no choice but to do this. I'm not saying they all do it, but when you run across one of these people, I guarantee you they come from one of these worlds. It's the only tool they have in their toolbox. So they use it often because this is all they got. As they say, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. As I told you, these people invest a lot of money and a lot of time into accumulating knowledge, all right, also known as professional information gatherers. And they had to prove to themselves that it was worth it. It ain't about you. They got to prove to themselves that all this investment they put into their education was worth it. So when they come across someone like you who didn't make that investment, they got to show that their investment makes them better than you because you ain't making the investment. You are just a proxy for their ego and insecurity. All right, it ain't about you. So don't take it personal. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is how to prove that you're smart. Why is all this true? And how do I know it to be true? Why is it true? And how do I know it to be true? It's a good question. I have an answer. See, people like myself, we want to spread wealth, spread knowledge, and spread intelligence. That's what I want to do. It's literally my job to make you smarter, make you better, and help you perform at a higher level. If I don't do that, I have no social proof. If you go to a website like aldreyallday.com where you can see all my social proof, see, that website doesn't exist if I don't make people smarter, better, and help them perform at a higher level. I don't exist if I don't do that. I must do it. That's why I give away so much of my knowledge for free. All right. You can see that as evidenced by this show, by the content you see me publishing online, by the articles I sent to your inbox damn near every day. My job is to make you smarter and better. It wouldn't be wrong for you to say I give out free knowledge for a living. I'll actually accept it. 
Now, I have paid stuff too, but I give away a lot of stuff free. Now, the other people on the other side of this conversation, the quasi-smart people, what do they want to do? Do they want to give away as much knowledge as they can? Do they want to give it all away for free? No. They don't want to give away knowledge for free. They want to keep their knowledge siloed and only belonging to them. Now, why is this? Again, I can tell you what, but why is more important. Why would they want to do this? Why does a medic or a scientist or an academic or a professor or a career college student want to keep their knowledge siloed and only belonging to them? Why do they do this? Why does somebody like me want to give it all away and give as much knowledge as possible to as many people as possible and empower you intellectually? But the quasi smart people want to make you feel dumb and intellectually broke. Why do they want to do this? I'm claiming it, but now I got to explain it. Why would they want to do this? Anybody have an idea? I got the answer, but I wonder if you have an idea. Let me tell you the answer. If you come to know everything that this quasi quasi smart person knows, you come to know everything that a college professor or an academic or a medic or a scientist or a doctor or a lawyer, you come to know everything that they know. Here's my question for you. Who are they now? So this guy I was supposed to debate on X spaces. If I came to know everything that he knew without doing what he did to get it, i.e. I don't do the extra years of college, don't accumulate the student loan debt, I don't climb the academic ladders, but I come to know everything that he knows without putting the same investment in that he got, what does that make him? That makes him nobody. That makes him an idiot for putting all that investment into learning what he learned where I got the same information without doing 10% of what he had to do to get it. So now he feels like an idiot. So they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that doesn't happen. That's why you don't see academics giving away their knowledge for free. You don't see them doing stuff like what you see me doing. You don't see them with a, a show that comes out every day or putting content on social media and consistently giving game or articles to your inbox or two physical mailings to your mailbox every month. You don't see that with them because they want to keep their knowledge only belonging to them because look how much investment they put into getting this quote unquote knowledge. And if you haven't put that same investment in, well, they can't let you catch up. Then again, it makes their investment look like a pretty bad move. It makes them look like a dumb investment. So they got to make sure that they maintain this air superiority above you by not letting you get the knowledge that they have. You got to climb the ladder if you want their knowledge. And how do you climb the ladder? Oh, well, you got to go sit in their classroom on some college campus and let that professor be superior to you. See, this is how the whole system works. See, when I tell you that this is a system, I'm explaining to you the system. There's one thing you hear people talking all the time about systems, right? A lot of entrepreneurs always talk about system, this system, that system, but they don't actually explain it. I just explain to you how the academic system works. I'm even telling you how the people who work in the academic system work. They went through the system as students, go get their degrees, then they come back and work for the system. All right, they go work there. All right, these are your college professors. These are the professors that are teaching your children right now. Those of you who are in college, these are the professors that taught you when you were in school. They have to do this because, again, if you were to know everything that they knew or, God forbid, know more than they know, then they like a complete fucking asshole because all the time they put into learning, you got it without having to do all that. And they paid money for it. They climbed all those ladders. You ain't do nothing, but you know just as much, if not more than them. So they can't let you possibly know something that they don't know. You can't possibly get a point across with them edgewise. And again, this is why many academics, I welcome having an open conversation with an academic on a topic on which I have a point and they have a different point that disagrees with mine. I welcome it, but I can't find anybody who will have an open conversation with me because I'll embarrass them. <laughs> I'm not saying that, I guess that is kind of an ego driven way, but I'll embarrass one of these people. They won't have open conversations with me because I will call them out on everything I just told you here today. And nobody wants to have all their insecurities exposed to the public. And this is why these people, I can't get any of these people to have open conversation with me. Even this guy who invited me, well, it wasn't him, but 
I got invited by one of his minions, I guess, his fans to come have his open conversation. As soon as I started saying something that went off the script that he wanted to go off of, they wouldn't let me speak anymore. All right, you think that was an accident? No, it was not an accident. They knew exactly what they were doing because they could tell, all right, this guy, he ain't playing by the rule book. All right, so I guess who that guy will debate? That guy who wouldn't debate me, guess who he will debate? Other academics. Other academics who play in the same lane as him because those are the people who they play by the same rules. So at least he knows what kind of game he's getting in. So you get in the game with me, I ain't playing by those rules. And I'm not going to be made to play by those rules. See, that's the good thing about being an entrepreneur. I don't have to follow anybody's rules. I make my own. But see, when you work in that space, those spaces where you climb ladders, well, if you're climbing a ladder, you got to follow somebody's rules. I mean, that's kind of what the ladder is for. They tell you the rules. You got to do this, this, and this to get to the next rung on the ladder. I opted out of that game a long time ago. And that's why I had a freedom to do the things that I do and say the things that I say. If you want that same freedom, well, you know what to do. I'll tell you at the end of this episode. So if you come to know everything that these quasi smart people know, again, who are they now? What is all their educational work now worth? All their student loan debt and all the degrees they got on the wall, what is it worth? What is their value in the marketplace if you know everything that they know? All right, their knowledge goes away. It ain't like they have there's nothing special about them. They don't have a unique ability. I told you all, my unique ability is the way that I can break things down and explain them. I did it in basketball. I did it in mindset. I do it in entrepreneurship. I do it in business. I do it here on the show. It's not about the specific thing that I do. I can give the knowledge away. I can go get more knowledge and break it down. I will always be able to do this. This ain't never going away. That unique ability never goes away. It never expires and it never loses value. But the people in those worlds, the people I'm talking about, they're what makes them valuable is the fact that they know stuff, quote unquote, know stuff out of books that other people don't know. And if you were to come to know everything that they know, then they're worthless. All their value goes away. That's why they keep it siloed in one place where you can only get access to it by climbing the same ladders that they climb. All right, that's why they play the game that they play. You got to come into their bubble in order to get on their level, at least the way that they present it. All right, that's what you got to do. You ain't got to climb the ladder to come have a conversation with me. Right, if you got a good point, let's hear it. If your point's shit, I'll tell you. If your point's good, I'll tell you that too. I ain't gonna make you climb a ladder though. You know how to reach me. I'm easy to find. I'm hard to not find. All right. So anyway, the point is, what is their value in the marketplace if you get to know everything that they know? All everything they know goes to zero, and their smartness advantage is completely erased. So if you go back and listen to every episode in the history of my show, ten times, it doesn't erase the value of what I bring to the table. If you memorize everything I've ever told you here on the show, I'm still valuable in tomorrow's episode to you. Even though you know everything I've said up to this point, I'm still valuable in tomorrow's episode. Why? Because my value is not based on the accumulation of knowledge, nor the dissemination of it. It's about dissemination, application, and ability to deploy it in different situations and help others do the same. That's my value. So yes, I can give it out. That's only a piece of what I do. But the application the ability to deploy it in different situations to help others do the same, regardless of your circumstance, that's what I do. That's why I have clients who work in spaces that I've never worked in. I got clients from the military. I've never been in the military. I got clients in finance. I've never worked in finance. I got clients who work in uh, Fortune 500 companies. I've never worked for nor even applied to work in a Fortune 500 company. I have clients who are in completely different spaces than what I do because my unique ability is not about the specific thing that I do. It's about my ability to break it down and put it back together. And I will give away knowledge gladly. And I will keep giving away knowledge as long as I'm capable of doing so. I've given away, as I told you, I've given away more than pretty much anybody you can name. Name someone who's given out more free material than me. Name them. Exactly. Ain't nobody. So, cause, so me and these folks that I'm describing here, we're playing two different games. So I understand why they do what they do. Now, I don't begrudge them. 
I'm just helping you all understand them. And this situation, this experience that I had brought this to the front of my mind. That's why I'm doing this episode. So how much you know, even if you got it from me, does not lessen nor deplete my value. As a matter of fact, if you're a member of working your game university and you have me as your coach, you will know a whole lot of stuff that I know because every time we talk, I'm going to teach you new things. Every time we talk, you're going to learn new things. If you become a coaching client of mine, let me explain to you something. You're going to bring a pen and paper to every call that we have because I'm going to be telling you things that you're going to be taking notes on because you want to remember it and you want to go apply. I want you to get knowledge. I'm not trying to block you off from it. I will point you towards more knowledge that you can get, whether it came from me or from somebody else. Every time we have a conversation, I want you to get smarter. The reason you join Work On Your Game University is not because I'm smarter than you and not because you're smarter than me. This is not a smartness contest. Smartness contest ended when you got out of school. I don't play that game. That's why I'm not in the academic world. That ended a long time ago. All right. If you ain't in school anymore, good. I'm not in a smartness contest with anybody. You come into Work On Your Game University because I have a specific set of skills that you can use to further your business with my direct help. I'm smart in the areas where I need to be smart, but I don't win unless you get better and produce results. If you don't produce results, nobody wins, no matter how smart I or you are. We can both be smart as hell. If ain't no results getting produced, we both lose because I don't get a success story out of you and you didn't get a result from working with me. So who won? Nobody. All right. That's why it's a completely different game than what I'm describing with these other folks. So if you're not getting better and producing results, I cannot possibly win. It's impossible because we are in what business are we in, folks? You listen to the show enough. What business are we in? A performance and results based business. This is not a knowledge contest. This is not an intellect contest. This is not a smartness contest. I think I'm pretty knowledgeable. I'm intellectual and I think I'm pretty smart, but that's not what makes me valuable. Everybody understand this? I think this is the longest episode in the history of the show. Might be. Let's recap today's class, which is how to prove that you're smart. So again, I get in this debate with this guy textually on X. He says, will you come defend your points in a public space? I said, sure. Some other guy invites me into a X space with audio conversation. And I'm talking to some other guy who I never knew, don't know who this guy is. The guy I was actually debating with is nowhere to be found. So anyway, the conversation only goes about five minutes because this dude uh, kept hitting the mute button on me, wasn't letting me speak. So I left the room. I said, oh, you mute me again, I'm leaving. He muted me again, I left. So the conversation didn't actually go. But this five-minute experience produced this hour and five-minute episode because it got me thinking about this and other experiences I've had with people of his ilk. And I noticed some commonalities and I led to this episode. Point number one, Truly smart people simplify ideas and communication. In other words, they take things that are complex and they make it easy for anyone to understand, even a fifth grader. Number two, quasi smart people junk up communication. Their aim is to make you feel dumb because you don't know what they know. And this is the way that they can basically one up you and have a point over top of you because that leads me to point number three. When you're talking to a truly intelligent person, they will make you feel smarter than you were before the conversation began. You will be more knowledgeable. Because they are giving you knowledge and they're breaking it down in a way that even you with less knowledge than they maybe can still understand, adapt and apply to yourself, even though you don't know what they know, or at least you didn't. Now, you know it because they explained it to you. But when you're talking to a quasi smart individual, they want you to understand how smart they are, not how smart you are. They want you to feel dumber with their help and assistance. That is their goal because they want to make sure that all that knowledge stays with them. That moves us to point number four. Why is all this true? People like myself want to spread well, spread knowledge and spread intelligence. Because if I don't, you can't succeed. And therefore, I make no money. I can't run a business. But those other folks, they want to keep knowledge siloed and only belonging to them. Why? Because they spent years. They got hundreds of thousand dollars in student loan debt. and They have climbed so many ladders in order to get to where they are. They have to make that mean something. 
Therefore, they defend their ego by showing you that you haven't done what they've done, i.e. you don't know what they know. You don't have the intellect that they have. You don't have the knowledge that they've accumulated out of their books. And that's why they're above you. And they have to do that because their ego is tied to it because they dedicated their whole lives to achieving things in one specific way. Whereas my unique ability is not any one specific thing that I do. Now, I played basketball. We don't talk about basketball here. I'm an entrepreneur, but that's not the reason why you should listen to me. You listen to me because of my unique ability to take a complex concept and break it down to help anyone understand it even if you have zero prior knowledge of the subject. That is what I do on an expert level. And that's the reason why I run a business. That's the reason why Work On Your Game exists. And that's the reason why you need to be in Work On Your Game University so that you can figure out your unique ability. Because again, it is transferable. doesn't matter how you do it, where you do it, or what medium you use for it. It will always be valuable and it will always be worth money in whatever format you want to put it out. But you have to know what it is and you have to know how to deploy it. And that is why I have a program that helps people figure this out. So with that out the way, make sure you text me. So you're on my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. Number down below in the description. Secondly, work on your game university. I just told you enough about what we do in work on your game university. If you want to be a truly intelligent person, a truly smart person, you can take someone who knows nothing about what you know, but help them understand it in a way that they can apply it into their world and they can use it. Because again, many people who are in my space and work on your game university, there are very few people coming through work on your game university who follow the same career path as me. We went from playing a professional sport to being a full-time entrepreneur. Very few people in working on your game university fit that description. So how do I have all these people from all these different worlds in which I've never worked in, but they are members of my university and are getting results because I have a unique ability. And I know what it is. I know how it works. I know how to use it. I will show you how to do the same thing for yourself. It does not need to be like mine. That is my job. If I don't do that job well, nobody wins. Work on your game university.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. Do you know what the number one key is for you to advance and get to a higher level from where you are right now? It is not for you to work harder, wake up earlier or go to sleep later. No, it is for you to get the right insight. In other words, to ask yourself the right questions. These questions are usually questions that you don't have the answer to. But dealing with those questions opens the door for you getting to that next level that you want to reach. How do you get help with this? By getting coaching, by getting around other people who can see things that you don't see, who have perceptions and insights that you don't have. This is why coaching is as valuable as it is. And this is why higher level performers always invest in coaching. The best way you can do that from here is to go to work on your game university.com. That is the only place I offer coaching, the only place I work with anyone directly. If you just go to work on your game university.com, you can see all your options for getting involved with us and engaging and having someone coaching you so that you can take yourself to that next level again through insight, not just through effort. Again, it's work on your game university.com.